At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us for our 17th and final player profile edition of the HHC. Yes, we made it through the entire roster from last year, and we saved many people's favorite for last. He is LaMelo Ball, the now Rookie of the Year from the 2020-2021 season, helping me break down the season that was as well as look into his future. It's another two Sam's edition of the HHCs. We welcome back from Hornets.com, Sam Purley. Sam, an incredible season for LaMelo Ball. Every rookie faced a lot of obstacles, as we have talked about ad nauseum over the course of this series, but no one seemed to handle it as well as LaMelo Ball, whether that is a byproduct of the non-traditional path he took to professional basketball, leaving high school two years early to start playing professionally in Lithuania, then going to Australia to play professionally, having that season truncated due to COVID-19, and then the layoff didn't hurt him at all. He hit the ground running here in the Queen City and earned a well-deserved Rookie of the Year honor. What is your major takeaway from the rookie season for LaMelo Ball? Yeah, there's so much to kind of unpack with him. It's such, it was kind of such a, like you mentioned, such a non-traditional path to come to the NBA in such kind of a different season with everything that was in place and then how well he played this year. I think when I look back at his season and you ask me what is the biggest takeaway, I think it was just how quickly he adapted. And maybe in hindsight, I don't know if you could benefit, but when he got drafted and you go into training camp two weeks later, there's no time to really think. You just have to go. It's all instinct. It's all talent. It's all that raw ability that he possesses that just not a lot of guys have that feel for the game. Maybe that helped him. You didn't overthink things at the next level. You didn't 
have to go through this or that or they try to tinker with everything. You just we got to go, so let's go and we'll figure it out as it goes. So I think just his overall readiness for the game was so much further advanced and ready than I think myself fully admitted, and I think a lot of people too. Like just he adapted so quickly and it just hit the ground running. The playmaking and the pace of play impact were things that were expected. They were the known commodities from seeing what he had done internationally before ever hitting the floor here for the Hornets. The things that were seen as question marks on draft night from the the NBA at large and from people that were trying to gauge how good he was going to be were the three-point shot and defensively. I came away most impressed by the defense, or more maybe surprised, because not that it's something that he could not have improved on, but as we talked about, no normal offseason, it's very difficult for rookies to get acclimated to the speed and tempo of the NBA game compared to wherever they have been previously. For him to come in and instantly be top 20 in the NBA in steals, getting into passing lanes, just being a general pest out there for the opposing team, that really impressed me because he earned the Hornets night after night an extra two, three possessions per game when he got normal minutes just by his pure instincts. La play, ball, swipes it, steals it to Rozier. Three on one, Rozier to McDaniels for the throwdown. The bravura of LaMelo Ball setting that play in motion. And Jalen McDaniels finishes for a five-point Hornets lead. And he's only going to get better, an extremely positive sign for how good he could become. Yeah, I think that's, you you nailed it. It's the three-point shooting. I think he was maybe 28 or 29% down in Australia. I know that's a little bit of a different league. It's a little bit more physical. You're not getting as much, many calls. And, you know, he's certainly kind of zeroed in on as the main guy playing for the Illawarra Hawks. And defensively, yeah, the defensive playmaking was a really nice thing to see because how many times could you see him kind of just anticipate a steal or anticipate a deflection or pick up a ball and then he gets it and he runs and I would factor in also in the defense the defensive rebounding was really good too that's part of the defense I mean he could get six seven six eight with that length and that size could get up get rebounds and then he's pushing it the other way and that helped that offense so much this year and he was a major part of it the three-point shooting I think he was at almost 38 percent before the wrist injury which if you had told I think anybody coming into the season he's going to be upwards of 35 percent let alone at 38 percent we would have a signed up for it and b slash not not necessarily believed it just looking at his past trends with shot selection and things like that but you know getting into a little bit more of a structured environment and playing around more high caliber talent than maybe he had in other situations I think really helped his game for sure your favorite moment and there were a lot to pick from but your favorite moment from Lomelo Ball's rookie season. So mine is kind of a two-parter, and I think it's it's a little bit, I'm going off the beaten path a little bit. So Phoenix game, mid-February or late February, they're on that road trip. Hornets have four or five-point lead with about two minutes to go on their way to what's going to be probably one of the most impressive wins of the season, especially looking at where the, the Suns are now. Lomelo has the ball, top of the key, isolation situation, shot clock's running down, blows right by DeAndre Ayton, puts in a dunk. Ball, pick and roll with Biombo, steps back. Crossover dribble against Aiton. Tries to drive by the big man. He gets all the way to the 10, and he slams it down with two hands. My goodness, LaMelo. Gives the Hornets about five, six-point lead. I think Phoenix scores the next possession. minute and a half left. Still two-possession lead. Goes down. Same situation. Top of the key. Jay Crowder, I think, is on him. Blows right by Crowder. Puts in a layup, high layup off the glass. And seeing those two plays back-to-back in clutch time, I think... 
you know, you've seen sort of the behind the back passes, you've seen what he had done in the open court, and a lot of it is, you know, exciting to watch, but that felt like the first time he really took control of a game late in the fourth quarter, went and made a couple key baskets for the Hornets, and I remember distinctly thinking in that game, like, okay, this is different. This is a new level of what he's capable of doing. I think it was kind of a breakout game for him personally, just with the way he was able to kind of take control, go and make a couple baskets by him, you know, not necessarily by himself, but he went in in isolation situations and got two major buckets at the end for the Hornets and and picked up a big win over the Suns. That was one of those stretches where he wasn't just a starter or a key piece of the rotation, but maybe the featured decision maker at that stage. You could see the talent was there. And for the first couple of months, you're like, okay, how's this talent necessarily going to translate? And maybe he wasn't, like you said, necessarily the focal point. But that was the first time I really felt like this looks like a guy that can be a go-to guy. We knew we had something here. We might really have something here. My favorite moment for LaMelo Ball came early. And it has to do with, there are certain stat lines that kind of prove just how good you are and whether it's being able to score say 30 40 points in a game that's not your normal NBA player sometimes being able to hit that high a mark it's kind of proof of just how good you can be the other one I would say is a triple double and LaMelo Ball is forever etched into the history books now as the youngest ever triple double in the NBA Hayward gives to LaMelo 620 left to play Hornets up 11 Ball one assist away from the triple-double. Feeds P.J. Washington. Goes up with a fadeaway. It is good. Cat it for P.J. Washington. And I believe that's the moment. That should be a triple-double. Waiting for it to become official. Wraparound lane is no good. A foul is called. But there it is. A triple-double for LaMelo Ball. He is the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. LaMelo Ball to be the youngest player ever to register a triple-double. We thought at the time maybe it'd be the first of many. Turns out it was the only one of his rookie season, but I have a strong feeling that he will have several, not just in this season to come, but over the course of his career. We'll see what kind of player he becomes. The Russell Westbrook type of stat line is certainly within reach of LaMelo Ball, depending on how he plays. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's it's something that you necessarily can't fluke your way to, and he had a number of games. The game before the triple-double, he missed it. It was the nationally televised game against New Orleans, and I think he missed it by either an assist or a rebound. He was like one away, and we were all ready for the record. Oh, he's going to be the youngest to do it, and then didn't do it, and you're like, okay, I think he's going to do it at some point, and lo and behold, it ended up being that next game against Atlanta, but I think I mentioned it before. I think the rebounding is something that really surprised me the most with him, just being able to kind of go up into traffic, get rebounds offensively, defensively. His length and size is, I think, is so unique for a point guard of that ability. The way you can see above opposing point guards, the way you can, you know, his strides and everything, the way he can take some three steps to get to the basket, the way he can kind of turn on defenders. I mean, just a really, really unique blend of talent, feel, skill set, physical dimensions, the total package for sure. We are going to see what the favorite moment for LaMelo Ball is. A conversation with the Rookie of the Year for the NBA is coming up next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on a two Sam's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Our player profile series continues, actually concludes today with the Rookie of the Year for the NBA, 
LaMelo Ball, who joins us now here on the HHC. LaMelo, thanks so much for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been an incredible rookie season and certainly one unlike any other with everything you've been through in terms of no summer league, truncated schedule. What allowed you to persevere through a lot of obstacles that most rookies don't have to to have the kind of season you did? To be honest, just... Man, I'm not gonna lie, it felt normal to me because, you know, it's my first time just being here, just going through this. So right now it just feels like the normal. So probably next year I'll be like, wow, probably look back on it next year. What are some of the things that a normal offseason might provide you in terms of working with staff or trainers or, or that kind of thing that you didn't get your rookie season that you think might be most beneficial? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, getting to work with the whole staff, just having a gym that you can go in anytime. That's pretty much the main thing I say, having a gym. You had a, a significant injury, obviously, with the wrist. What do you feel the impact was in terms of when you came back? Do you feel like you're 100% or were you still managing pain or things like that in the last few games? Definitely, you know, still trying to get right. But at the end of the day, knew knew uh, had to come back, you know, just try to help the team. Just wanted to be there for them, you know. Didn't really want to sit out them last games. So I felt I could come back. So that's what I tried to do. And that's what happened. When you look at how the team performed, do you focus on where your all record was before the injury started to pile up and the fact you were fourth in the East, or do you look more at, hey, we got close, but we have a lot of work still to do to, to try and have success in the postseason rather than just get to the play-in? Like I say, I go in every game and try to win, so not really looking back on the record, just really looking forward to the next game and trying to get that win. So that was the whole attitude, but obviously coming in next season, you know, we're going to want to do a lot of winning that, that year, so yeah, we're going to try to get right. A lot to pick from, I'm sure. Do you have a favorite moment from your rookie season, something that stands out to you? No, I like to put everything together, so just pretty much the whole year. It was, it was all fun every day. You wake up, live, breathe. Plays that maybe you were not a part of, stuff that you just saw some of your teammates do. Is there a poster moment, anything that stands out to you? Yeah, it jumped right in my head when uh, MB dumped on uh, Clint Capella from the uh, Hawks. You know, was, that was tough. I ain't, I ain't seen nothing like that in a minute. Now Miles Bridges, he'll go in, dunks it on top of Clint Capella. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, he didn't. That is number one on Sports Center for the day, week, month, and year. My goodness. Can we end the game now? I'm sure one of the toughest things about COVID protocols and everything else was the restricted access to your family. How's that been for you in your rookie season, having so many restrictions on who can be around you and, and all those kinds of things? Oh, yeah, definitely tough with all the restrictions, knowing you want to see your family. But, I mean, I felt I was built for moments like this because I feel like when I went to like Lithuania and stuff like that, I mean, far away from family and stuff like that so you just you know you get used to it and stuff and know how to get through stuff like that. COVID-19 brought a lot of health and safety protocols hopefully a lot of them will, will be able to discard moving forward but is there anything about the health and safety protocols that you think was a good idea for not just COVID times but maybe you'd like to see stick around even going into next year? I'm not gonna lie nah I'm, <laughs> nah. I'm more of an everyday type back in the real world, you know, going outside, just no mask. Yeah, no, no, I don't like the coronavirus. No one likes the coronavirus, that's for sure. What's the one protocol that you are most excited to have over and done with for next season? Testing, testing in the morning, testing in the morning. Man, that just kills all your sleep. You know, you just got to wake up and it's unnecessary. Go test. So, yeah, probably that. I want to ask you about your goals for your sophomore season. Where do you want to be personally? Where do you want the team to be? 
What are your expectations right now looking ahead to your second year as a Charlotte Hornet? Just coming in every year with that attitude and wanting to win a championship is, I mean, that's what we all playing for. And then personal, I mean, all-star, you know, all that type of stuff for sure. Lamelo, we appreciate your time today and all season long. Wish you nothing but the best in the offseason. My man, thank you. We'll have much more to come as we continue our player profile of Hornets rookie guard Lamelo Ball. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. We just heard LaMelo. Sam, your top takeaways. He has brought such a joyful energy to this organization. And I think a year that was really, really trying for everybody, players, coaching staff, fans, people that couldn't go to the games as much, employees. I mean, it was a really, really tough year for everybody, not to diminish other bigger picture focuses of COVID, but just within the NBA landscape, you know, it was a challenging year and not the easiest of seasons for everybody, but to have somebody that came into the organization and just to kind of make this an exciting environment to be featured on SportsCenter, nationally televised games, to bring sort of that youthful, energetic vibe that has not been at this organization for a long time, I think is something that is so invaluable and so precious and not necessarily something I expected necessarily, but just the way he plays, his attitude, it's always positive. It's always energetic, happy. I think that was something that was really, really crucial to have this season in particularly, just with everything going on. I thought it was remarkable how comfortable he is in uncomfortable situations, be it just being a rookie, plain and simple in the NBA, or all of the added on elements of his particular rookie season dealing with COVID-19. Nothing seemed to phase now, obviously, he didn't love certain parts of it. No one did. Having to wake up early to test every day was universally across the board. No one seemed to like that one. If anything, at times, it was a close second to going in in the evenings to test. So that, that one most people didn't like. But I'm not sure even he knows how good he can be because he never has had normal. He's always been moving from team to team, continent to continent, basically since he was 16 years old. So I'm really interested to see what he can become with some added stability to his basketball life, being able to stay in one spot season to season, improve with the same coaching staff, having all of those resources that only the NBA can provide. I think we're just scratching the surface of how good LaMelo Ball can be. Absolutely, 100%. I think scratching the surface is the perfect way to put it. And I think the Mitchell JB said in exit interviews that that's going to be a huge benefit for him is having a continuous coaching staff in place because you could go from left high school whatever it was freshman sophomore go to Lithuania you've got one coach there and then he actually came back to the United States I think briefly went to the Spire Academy in Ohio and then did sort of the upstart leagues you've got different coaches there you got a different coach in Australia you've got a different coach when you come to the NBA so typically when you go through that you're going to pick up bad habits and tendencies one coach says this another coach says that for the most part I think he's kind of doesn't have a whole lot of that but I think a lot of it is going to be kind of ironed out this summer I don't think you can understate how much that's going to help this summer just having a stable environment listening to one or two of the same voices every day telling them this is how you're going to get better to pinpoint just how good LaMelo was I think if you look at the overall statistics it doesn't do justice to just how overall great he played 15 points per game roughly six rebounds six assists very solid stat line but compared to some other rookie of the years who 
started every game, you know, you might see more scoring, more of different stats kind of peak out. But just to do some comparisons, Trey Young, who was able to lead the Hawks to the NBA's Final Four, his rookie season, he had 19 points, three rebounds, eight assists per game. So better, I would say, overall stats. But when you focus in on LaMelo Ball, when he began to start, you just take the month of February where he started every game, 20 points, six rebounds, six and a half assists. Similar, if not better, stat line. Eh, probably just fair to say similar to what Trey Young did over the course of his rookie season. And then you compare it to a guy who just made the NBA Finals, Devin Booker. Booker is rookie season, 13 points, two rebounds, two assists per game. And I would throw this in, one of the elite shooters in the NBA. He was only a 34% three-point shooter that year. He was only a 34% three-point shooter this year. LaMelo Ball dealing with a fractured wrist, which clearly altered his shot in the, the final month when he came back. And that's not a shock to anyone. If I fracture your wrist and tell you to come back in a month, I don't think you're going to shoot the same percentage either. He shot 35% over the entirety of the season. So he would have been miles better had he not had the injury. But comparing him to one of the best shooters and best scorers in the NBA, LaMelo Ball compared favorably in his rookie year. Yeah, and we talked about on a recent podcast that so much for rookies and how they're going to play and how they get the start of the career's environment and organization. And Coach Borrego and his staff did a tremendous job in making sure LaMelo Ball was held accountable in certain situations. He was not going to go out there and have the keys and do whatever he wanted and turn it over and take as many shots as he wanted, which I think a lot of rookies do that as well, whether it's AAU, college, things like that. I think he held them accountable. He had to kind of work for that starting position. He got an opportunity, I think, when somebody got hurt and he took advantage of it and played well and then kind of forced the hand is like you just couldn't put him back on the bench so I think how you handle rookies in the NBA especially a third overall pick that comes in with as much fanfare you have to strike a balance between making sure he gets the right amount of experience in minutes but you also want to make sure you're not just giving him minutes and he's doing whatever he wants and I think not to knock Trey Young who I think has made tremendous strides in his career but that was kind of what he was in Atlanta I think his first year I felt like he was just kind of taking take as many shots as you want take have as many turnovers as you want the team's going to win 24 games 25 games and granted Trey is going to be an all NBA level player for a number of years but I think the Hornets did a really good job of making sure LaMelo when he's on the floor he's impacting winning and an impacting and making a positive contribution. And if he wasn't, if he's turning the ball over or he's doing this, and that's not just him, but everybody, then he's not going to play. You know, there's not enough minutes for everybody. So if you're out there, you got to contribute. Trey Young, by the way, rookie season shot 32% from three. This season shot 34% from three. LaMelo Ball, again, shooting 35% from three as a rookie. And I'll throw this in there as well. The first month where he was the consistent starting point guard, the month of February, played 13 games, large sample size there. He shot 40% from three. So a player who, yeah, pretty good is the right way to put it. Looking at LaMelo Ball's future, where do you think expectations should be? Because he said it himself, he wants to be an all-star. He said it at the tail end of the interview. That is one of his goals, and I think he looks at it more as, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to, the team will achieve, and therefore that will continue me on, not necessarily I need to take enough shots to average 30 points per game to make this out of reach. He's not that type of player. Not that he couldn't score 30 points per game, but that's not his mentality. He wants to win. So looking at him, his goal of being an all-star, where do you think he needs to make the biggest jump year one to year two? Well, you mentioned a lot of his team success. The team has to be successful. All-star spots go to guys that are on teams that are playing well. If you're 12th or 13th in the Eastern Conference, unless your guy 
is averaging 50 points a game, which we haven't seen yet, you're probably not going to be in the all-star team. It's kind of reserved. you got to be at least, I think, top six, top seven position kind of around the break. I mean, there's a lot of really talented players, all-stars every year, so it's not an easy thing to do. You know, the first improvement, I think, is get the shot kind of back to where it was pre-wrist injury. I think if you can kind of get in that upwards consistently, 36 37%, I mean, he doesn't have to be, I mean, great if he's 40% and up. I think we'd all sign up for that, and I think the coaching staff would too. But I think kind of getting the shooting back to where it was before the wrist injury, fine-tuning it a little bit, and there wasn't necessarily a whole lot of time to do that between the draft and the start of the season last year, I think will be big. And then for him, I think it's just normal rookie stuff and just kind of growing its, its decision-making, not gambling maybe as much, whether it's offensively, defensively. So, a lot of it, I think, is fine-tuning right now. He's got the talent. It's just kind of sharpening things up a little bit. But in terms of looking forward, I, I don't see, I don't want to set unrealistic expectations for him or anything, but multi-time all-star, eventually all-NBA, I think he has the talent to be that someday. Maybe not necessarily next season because these things take time, but he's certainly capable of doing it. Yeah, I would agree maybe not next season might be the right way to think of it because as great as he was, even if you focus in on just that month of February where he was the consistent starter and had all the minutes that you would need to put up these kinds of numbers, he's still a step away from being an all-star. His month of February, he averaged 20 points, six rebounds, six and a half assists per game. You look at the all-stars, these are the reserve all-star guards from the Eastern Conference with, in theory, the people he's competing with, the spots he's trying to take. Zach Levine, 27 points per game, not as much on rebounding or his assists, but that's a huge gap in terms of points. Jalen Brown, 25 points per game. He was a six-rebound guy like LaMelo, but only three and a half assists, but still a sizable gap in terms of scoring. Even Trey Young didn't make the All-Star team this year, but the year before, he averaged close to 30 points per game, four rebounds, nine assists. So it's not just duplicate or extend what he did in the month of February over the course of the entire season. He still has to take a little bit further of a step and maybe even shoot even better from three because when you look at some of those guys who I just named their three-point shooting over the course of the entire season, Jalen Brown was a 40% three-point shooter. Zach Levine, he was a 42% three-point shooter over the course of the season. So it's not to say that LaMelo Ball didn't have a spectacular rookie season. He did. But if you want to get to the all-star level, which is what he's saying, it's not just take your best month and do that the whole year. He's got to be even better than his best month if he's going to be an all-star. The yeah, thing with all-star, too, is like I think we're all aware of it. There's a an unofficial process you have to go through. You you know It took Kemba Walker a number of years knocking on the door. I mean, he had the numbers there some of its team success. I mean, there's so many factors that play in how much you impact winning. And it's a inexact science for sure. But there is a little bit of a process in the sense of like, you've got to earn your spot. You might have the numbers, but you might have to wait a couple years. Even if you might be ready to go, you might wait a couple years just because there's a pecking order to it. It's just... I don't know if politics is the right word, but sometimes they default to veterans and things like that or guys that have been on the team before. So I think it's a good problem to have that we're here contemplating after his rookie year talking about the All-Star game already because how many rookies right now in the class are we talking about that have that future All-Star potential? It's a good problem to have right now. So I think it's definitely in the cards in the future. I think what he's able to do both individually at the team is is 
limitless, really. And maybe part of the reason why this is a fun problem to have is that the Hornets might have multiple guys in that situation. Gordon Hayward was close, we think, to making the All-Star game. He was certainly in the conversation around the time the, the selections were made. I think if they had happened a week later when the Hornets had climbed up in the standings, maybe he gets there. Terry Rozier is certainly going to be a part of it if he continues to score at the level he did. And if LaMelo Ball takes that next step. So are the Hornets going to be in a position where they're going to get multiple All-Stars? Very few teams get that. But I think when you look at the team's record, when everyone was healthy, fourth place in the Eastern Conference, that's the kind of setting that would justify multiple All-Stars. If they can all sustain those kinds of statistics, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be a popular pick. I personally think he's got a good chance to do it because I think the Hornets, based off what we saw when they are at full strength, and they should only get better with another lottery pick coming in and Mitch Kupchak at the controls and a full offseason to work out LaMelo Ball and have all of the positives that he didn't get coming into his rookie year, now coming into his second year, I think there's a good chance that he has to get this done. Yeah, one of the things that will come into play, I think we saw in the Rookie of the Year voting he impacted winning. I mean, he was on the fourth quarter playing in games, playing in moments, making plays in games that mattered. I think Anthony Edwards got to that point towards the end of the season, but I think it was too hard to kind of shake the reputation of he's putting up 35-point games and the team is losing by 30. So I think LaMelo already has sort of that reputation going for him that he's a player that impacts winning. The team plays well when he's on the floor, and I think that's only going to kind of help this league-wide perception of him moving forward. He's not going to be one of these huge stats, bad team kind of guys that Trey Young maybe had at the beginning of his career, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards as well. He's in a competitive situation from the start, and I think that kind of is only going to assist sort of how he's viewed around the league moving forward. It'll be fun for sure trying to get him into all-star games and uh, seeing this team continue to rise with LaMelo Ball at the controls of the Hornets offense. That's going to do it for this edition of the HHC and our player profile series. A big thank you to Sam Purley and all of our guests for helping us break down players all throughout the start of this offseason. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been a long... I don't know how many you end, I ended 17 up doing. Players. 17 players. Yeah, so uh, a lot of fun. Thank you. It was fun recapping the season, but I think I'm already ready for the next season. Let's, uh, I think we've got a ways to go, but fun stuff coming up. Draft, you know, free agency. We'll see what happens, but exciting time for the Hornets right now. And we will be covering it all for you right here on the HHC. With that, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today, and we'll talk to you next time on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.